Hey everyone, this is Justin. What you're listening to is part two of a long episode that me and Daniel recorded where we talked about a ton of movies we'd watched recently, uh, some newer movies, some older movies, some thrillers, some zombie movies, gore movies, all different types of horror. But when we recorded, it went really long, so we broke it up. We hope that you enjoy part two of our conversation, and thanks again for listening to the Scared Christian Podcast. One of my favorite horror films as of uh, the recent years has been The Conjuring. That movie was so good. Um, Even on rewatches, it still spooks me out and creeps me out. And from that movie, there was a spinoff film made called Annabelle in 2014. Yes. Yes. I was really excited for Annabelle because I love The Conjuring so much, and the Annabelle character in The Conjuring is so creepy, this creepy doll. So Based, I, based on a true story. Yeah, it's based on a, a case from Ed and Lorraine Warren, the uh, famous demonologist who did a lot of exorcisms that The Conjuring's based off of, and also Amityville Horror um, is tied to them as well. Um, so I was loved all that stuff, and I was really excited for Annabelle, watched it recently, and was very disappointed with it. Um, really? Yeah, I, I think it would have been cool if James Wan, the director of The Conjuring, had also done Annabelle, but he didn't. It was a different director. And, man, Annabelle was just a little disappointing to I, me. It didn't live up to how good The Conjuring was. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, th- I think uh, it was a lot different, but I love the, the stories being tied together. So, Yeah, I, I was I was underwhelmed what by What didn't it. you like about it? Um, I don't know. It was something uh, about the the tension of it, or just too much was expected, and it tried to be kind of like The Conjuring as far as the way they did some of the scares. But I just don't think it's kind of like Chucky meets The Conjuring. Yeah, I don't know. I just it, it, and not taken away from the director of the film, but I just it wasn't as executed as well as The Conjuring. And I think to be if Annabelle was its own movie, it would probably be worth a watch. It's okay. But being linked to The Conjuring and how good The Conjuring is, it definitely falls short of it. And so for me, I'd say skip it, especially if you like The Conjuring. So being a creature of habit, I watched, rewatched uh, Child's Play the other night with my wife. And, uh, man, I still love this movie. Uh, if you haven't seen Child's Play, uh, this dude, I guess he's a... He's a serial killer. He's right? a serial killer, and I guess he's into some voodoo stuff. He's about to die, and he's in a toy store, and moves his soul into a into a a doll of a little. It's called a it's called a good guy doll. Good guy doll. And uh, man, I, I forgot that this dude Chris Saradon, uh, who was also in Fright Night, he was the head vampire in Fright mm-hmm. Night, was in this movie. He's like a cop or whatever. But man, I love this movie. It's like super eighties. I know it's such a cheesy. Uh, concept a doll that's killing people but man i love it speaking of annabelle yeah chucky always freaked me out all right so recently i rewatched uh what what you watch the 2007 classic 1408 have you seen it uh no i have not man this movie's awesome uh it is like a psychological thriller horror it's got some pretty scary scenes in it and um yeah, it isn't is a, Morgan Freeman in that. No, um, or Samuel Jackson's in it. Samuel Jackson is in it. Um, so pretty much, this writer who writes about uh, he kind of debunks ghost stories and and uh, haunted places. There's this hotel. He goes to it in room fourteen oh eight. Supposed to be, uh, it's John Cusack. He's there's supposed to be all these horrible events that have happened in this one room. That's fourteen oh eight, and he goes to debunk it. And man, it is just. It, it's like right when you think that 
he's out, he's not, and it just keeps you going. It's got some pretty scary ghostly type uh, shots in it, and I would say it's definitely a watch. I watched a weird horror movie from the 70s called Blood Sabbath. It was made in 1972. Is it an exploitation film? Yeah, I guess you'd file it under exploitation. But it is horror, and uh, I think it was... I think it's like one of the um, Italian horrors from that time. I think yeah. it was Italian. Or maybe even Greek. It was super weird, that people's accents, and then they were. it was dubbed in English. and um, It was okay. It's on Amazon Prime. I watched it. It had some cool art, but the movie itself was... Uh, it's about like witches and time travel, I think, and I don't know. It was kind of weird. Um, not not the worst I've seen from that era, but unless you like really old Italian horror, I'd say you're probably gonna want to skip Blood Sabbath. All right, The Hills Have Eyes. I know you just talked about it. The remake I just watched again. The original is definitely a uh, see it once. Doesn't really hold up to like today's kind of horror movie, but. Um, the original was done by Wes Craven in 77. The remake, uh, can't remember exactly. I think they did a couple of them, but um, Alexandra Aja. Aja. Yeah. yeah. Man, this movie is so intense. Uh, there's a pretty much a family goes out on vacation, and uh, some people who live in the hills of, I'm guessing, Arizona, Utah, Nevada area, um, where they did some nuclear testing. So these people are like mutants out there, and... Uh, they take over, and there is a about a I would say six to seven minute part in this movie where everything that could possibly go bad goes bad, and uh, it's so intense. It's definitely yeah. a own. It's really intense. I know, like me and my wife tried watching that together. Now that you're a husband and a father, well, no, not this that was easy. this was before we were married. Oh, we it wasn't your first date, was it? No, no, no. We were at her house, and her mom and brother were watching it, and we sat down to watch it with them. And yeah, about I think I know the part you're talking about, like where it's just nonstop like assault and violence. Like, yeah, she, I could see this, she tensed up, and I leaned over. I'm like, "Do you want to leave?" And she's like, "Yes." And we left, and like went in the other room, and she just cried for like five oh, minutes. No. Like it, it was it was too intense for her. Like she can't. I don't think do that, that kind of horror. I don't so. think that describing it will ruin it for anybody because it just. Uh, I don't know. I think it, you should just watch it if you're gonna watch. If you like intense, like visceral horror filmmaking, yeah. then yeah, watch that that remake. Uh, I will say that the daughter in the film, yes, the taller blonde, same actress who plays uh, Allison in Hocus Pocus. Oh, the yeah. The main blonde girl, kiss me, I'm Allison. Just you know. watched that the other night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a totally in the fall mood right now. Same actress. Yeah. And the young girl from Hocus Pocus. Uh, Thora Birch. Yeah, she grew up to be an American, American beauty. She was an American beauty, yeah. Yeah. Which is really weird because you see her boobs in that movie. Mm -hmm. And she was 16 when they filmed that. No, they no, she wasn't. Yeah, she was. Wow. Then that. Illegal? It's not illegal, but no, her parents had to sign up for it. Which I read a, an article about her, why you don't see her so much anymore, is because her dad is her manager and he's crazy uh -huh. and like gets into fights with, on like every job she has. So now people don't want to hire her because her dad is so nuts on set. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that sucks. He used her with her boobs and now he's ruining her career. <laughs> My eye just got stuck. I blinked and it didn't open back up. <laughs> You're just what? getting old. Yeah. Your body's like, ah, this again, opening now. Okay, make up your mind, dude. Yeah. Man, I'm feeling my age. I'm almost 40. Wow. I mean, 23. I just, I just turned 33. Oh, man. A few weeks ago. I mean, I'm almost 37. So I, The whole, like, I just turned 33, but for, like, the first half of being 32, I thought I was 33. 
Like in my head, I'm just like, oh, how old am I? Oh, I'm 33. And then, like for months, I thought I was 33. And then I went, wait, am I? And I did the math, and no, I'm 32 still. Yeah. It's you know, so you're I've old been 30. When you have to I've do been 33 for all, a year already. Yeah, I'm gonna do it again. Did you just have a birthday, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the 30 Days of Farmer or whatever that was. Yeah, my portrait series. Pretty cool. Thanks. I didn't like the Snapchat I got the other day from you, by the way. <laughs> I thought you would love it. Farmer sends me a Snapchat of him on the couch butt naked with his penis tucked between his legs, <laughs> and he's whining about how his penis was gone. Yeah, I said, uh-oh, it fell off. <laughs> my penis fell off. And, but uh, I thought you would love it because you love that scene in the scary movie film. Yeah, where he's like tucked in and out. Yeah. Also, every time you've tattooed me and we're watching that, you will stop tattooing me to watch that scene <laughs> and then just laugh. How many times have we watched Scary Movie together? At least a couple. Oh my gosh. I just watched that movie the other day at work. <laughs> As we talked about many times on this podcast, we're huge fans of the 80s slasher films. I watched one recently I hadn't seen before called X Ray, um, or it's also known as Hospital Massacre. It was made in 1981, um, it's on Amazon Prime. And it was pretty good. It had a lot of the standard kind of slasher stuff in it. The premise was a little weird to me because it was like this lady has to go to the hospital just to pick up test results. And they just she keeps getting delayed from different stuff to where she sticks around the hospital for like 12 hours just waiting to get test results. And then, like, she gets tricked into being admitted by this, like, slasher guy who's kind of stalking her but killing other people in the hospital to make this weird plan of his work which so it kind of reminded me of like um oh uh, was it slaughter high or other slashes like that uh, like um i think happy birthday to me or april fools where people are brought to a scenario and tricked into staying for longer than they want it's kind of one of those films um but it was a great kind of 80s slasher you know it was real grainy and had some pretty cool kills in it and the awesome 80s like synth stuff going on so I feel like 80 slashers is definitely worth a watch. Um, if you're not normally watching horror, you probably want to skip this movie. Um, but yeah, check it out. X-Ray or Hospital Massacre. I watched a movie recently called He Never Died from 2015. It's on Netflix. Um, and the main reason I watched it is because the main star is Henry Rollins, um, who's awesome. If you don't know who Henry Rollins is, he was in the, a band Black Flag in the 80s, the punk band. And now he does a lot of, uh, he does a little bit of everything. He still does music, he does acting, he does these like uh, speaking tour things where he talks about culture and different stuff. And he's a really good speaker. Um, so if you're into like TED Talks or something like that, definitely check out Henry Rollins stuff. Um, but in this film, the concept is um, he's this guy and he's, you pick up pretty early, he's super weird and, um, Basically, the whole premise is that he's super old, kind of like Wolverine from the X-Men, um, and that he's never really died before, and so he's lived all these lifetimes, and now he's living in New York City. and Or actually, I think it's an unnamed city, but it seems like New York. Um, and Gotham? Basically, yeah. Kind of, well, no, it's not as dark as Gotham. But, like, he can't die, and, like, he gets attacked, and his body heals itself after a day. And At one point, he gets shot in the face and doesn't die, and... uh so it was kind of a cool premise, um, but the way Henry Rollins plays the character is a little weird, where he, he speaks really monotone. Um, and there's a few times when he does, like, get mad and get riled up, and I love those parts, but then he cuts them off real quick and goes back to the monotone. So it was a little disappointing as one of those things. I don't, I don't wouldn't say that Henry Rollins is a bad actor. I just think maybe that was the direction he was given to do it that way. So it was a little disappointing. I wish he would have played it a little more normal. Um, but there's some cool effects and kills in that, and then... The main problem I had with it was at the end you find out, and I'm going to spoil it. So if you're not going to watch He Never Died, keep listening. If you're going to watch it, skip ahead about a minute. 
But yeah, the, you find out at the end that he's never died and that he's Cain from the Bible. And so that was like, you know, the Bible talks about that God will put a mark on him and that no one should ever kill him and stuff. So they kind of ran with that idea that Cain never died. And, um, which was really cool. And I wish they had gotten into in like the middle of the movie because you could have done so much with that. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they didn't fully develop that idea. And then it's one of those movies, it just seems to end. Like yeah. there's not like a hard ending on so it. It's so unsatisfying. Yeah, it's very unsatisfying. And it left a lot of like, weird questions to it and it there's also this character that you see throughout the movie that only he sees that i think is supposed to be death or god but they i don't know it was very confusing and it seemed like they just ran out of money so the movie just i gotta be honest you're talking it down i'm i feel like i want to watch it i mean it's a cool premise but i feel like it just wasn't executed well so it's worth seeing um if you want to see something different which i i'm always a fan of but yeah i just i don't know i wish it had been done better so uh, Black Sheep, and I'm not talking about the Chris Farley movie. I'm talking I love about that Chris Farley Black movie. Sheep. <laughs> uh, Black Sheep is made in. Wasn't it, New, it was either New Zealand or England? Yeah, I, I think, think it's made in New Zealand, and uh, so it's actually about sheep. It is a movie about killer sheep, and man, it sounds so dumb, but it is so entertaining. Uh, it's kind of like um, the chicken zombie movie that they did recently. What was that? Was it Poultry Guys? Poultry Guys, yeah. That was also entertaining. But, yeah, Black Sheep, pretty much uh, some, I think it's like some nuclear waste causes some sheep to go crazy. And this one guy actually starts mutating between human and sheep. And, man, it it sounds so cheesy. But, man, some of, sometimes cheesy is, is it was, different. It's pretty and it, entertaining. Yeah, I think Zombie Sheep, whatever you think when you hear Zombie Sheep, that's what this movie is. Yeah. Like it's It's not trying to be like... It doesn't take Artistic itself seriously. Or, yeah, it's it's fun. It's very yeah, it's a fun movie. It's kind of like like if you liked uh, Zombievers. Zombievers, you're was probably awesome. yeah you'll like Black Sheep. I appreciate these cheesy uh, like I, I don't even know if they're pretty low budget, but the, they put their money into the yeah. effects, and you can tell they had fun making and it. and they had fun making it, and it's just it's like a little roller coaster of fun, and uh, so I would say at least watch it. Yeah, definitely watch it. I recently rewatched a movie that I thought that I didn't like. Um, I watched Black Christmas, made the the remake from 2007. Yeah. Um, I actually haven't seen the original. When um, was the original made? I, it was like 1977. It was a, around the same time that Halloween came out, I think, is when the original Black Christmas came out. Because um, I've heard that there's like people arguing over which one was actually the first slasher, the original Black Christmas or Halloween. Um, but the remake came out in 2007. And I thought that I had watched it and didn't like it, but I couldn't remember much about it, so I rewatched it. That movie's awesome. I definitely changed my tune on it. I thought I hated it. I, I really, really loved it. Um, and man, it's it's really well made. It's the whole concept is it's this uh, sorority house on Christmas Eve, and there's a killer that escapes from the local insane asylum, and then people start dying in the house, and there's this whole legend around it, and it's a little too. I don't know. I don't want to try to explain it because I don't think I can do it justice. But it's a really good slasher film, a good remake. It was shot really well. Like some of the way it was shot, it almost reminded me of like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And um, I, I believe, if I remember, right, the director that made this film, he doesn't normally do horror, which sometimes is can be a winning combo because they make it different. They don't make it like, you know, they're not locked into a horror mindset. So it's them bringing an outside perspective to horror. And I think that um, this director killed it with the remake of. Black Christmas. So if you like, 
it, it almost the way that this movie is done kind of reminded me a bit of how the remake of My Bloody Valentine was. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a you're hitting a, a classic, but with new eyes, and I think it really worked in this movie. So if you like slashers, definitely, definitely watch Black Christmas from 2007. Deadly Friend, have you seen it? Um, no, I think it's actually on my watch list on Amazon Prime. Man, I love it, this. It's the Wes Craven movie, right? Yeah, I love this movie. It is. Uh, when I was a kid, it scared the crap out of me. But watching it now, it is not that scary. Um, so pretty much Christy Swanson is uh, this cute girl next door. And the, the dude who lives next door to her, next door to her is uh, kind of nerdy, has a little robot. This went in the 80s when everybody thought the future was going to be robots in your house and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's got this little robot. And then the other lady who lives across the street um, is just an old bat, and she hates him. And so Christy Swanson is up, ends up dying, and the kid steals her body from the morgue, turns her body into part robot to bring her back to life. And, uh, you know, she's kind of decayed a little bit. And there's a scene in it where she goes to the old lady's house across the street and throws a basketball at her head. Yeah, I, I've seen that in, like, best kill And it explodes. When I was a kid, I was like, this is – it looked way too real when I was a kid. But watching it now, I'm like, there's, like, like – looks like hosing from like a fish tank like sticking out of her neck and like (laughs) (laughs) it's really cheesy but man it's a really good if you love uh that just like classic 80s stuff um check it out deadly friend i would say definitely watch it i'm a sucker for really cheesy low-made movies (laughs) um and i even like some of like the sci-fi movies the real cheesy stuff and i recently watched sharknado 3 I love the Sharknado films. They're so ridiculous, and they don't take themselves seriously at all, but it's like it's everything's real tongue-in-cheek, and the premises are so ridiculous, and it, they're great movies where you're just like, all right, suspension of disbelief through the whole film. Don't You know, it's, it, you can't dissect this movie because there'd be so many plot holes, and like, well, that would never happen, and this isn't logistical, and like, how could a shark live in the air for weeks? Just... Cut that part of your brain off and just watch a really funny, goofy movie, and that's Sharknado 3. Would you watch it? Buy it? I think... Would you own this movie? I would own the Sharknado movies because they're so ridiculous. Um, If you... Like, they're great movies to watch and not take seriously or make fun of and just laugh. Um, So I would would own the Sharknado movies, and I say they're definitely a watch for everyone. Awesome. Speaking of Sharknado movies and Christy Swanson from Deadly Friend, did you see the one? Uh, it's not uh, Sharknado, but it's very similar. It's like Sharktopus. Was it Sharktopus with her? I don't know. I think it was Sharktopus. I have Sharktopus, but I don't remember if she's yeah. in it or not. Man, that's a fun movie. I really yeah. like that movie. Uh, yeah, the I, this whole new genre of like bad CG, crazy, uh, you know, they're uh, like sh- half shark, half octopus. They're or, modern drive-in films. Yeah, three-headed sharks and. Sharks that are in tornadoes and lava lantula, yeah, and super croc. They're pretty fun. I mean, if you like the farmer said, if you just don't take them too seriously and just want to have some laughs, I mean, that's what they're for, and they do a good job at it. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't honestly go out and buy a bunch of these, but they're most of them go straight to Netflix uh, or they go straight to television, mm-hmm. and you can watch them and do it. You got free time. I've been trying to go back and watch a lot of like. The uh, iconic horror films that um, I hadn't seen, and I recently watched I Spit on Your Grave Oh yeah, from 1978. I'd never seen it. I also watched the remake of it, which there's been multiple. Um, that, like that's, They did the remake, and then they've kind of made three after that, I think. But I watched 
um, the original and then the remake of I Spit on Your Grave. And tell, um, tell them what I Spit on Your Grave is I Spit about. on Your Grave basically is this woman who's an author, checks into a cabin in the woods, and then pretty, pretty soon after there runs afoul of the local rednecks. And they basically just taunt her, attack her, and rape her for most of the film. And yep. then it's the end and of it is her getting her revenge on them. So it's your uh, kind of your classic uh, rape revenge setup. Yeah, the uh, I watched a documentary on this movie, and there's that kind of a leader of this little bully gang, and he said that this movie ruined his life for a couple years. That yeah. people, it's pretty he intense. Was, he was so creepy. I mean, he's he kind of starts the whole raping thing and just you know getting as much out of this woman as he can and uh it's pretty it's it's pretty intense yeah. and um he said that people thought that that's just who he was like they mm-hmm. just took it so seriously they connected him too much to his, his character yeah and uh well that happened with Linda Blair after the exorcism really? for years people would see her on the street and run screaming across the street to get away from her wow yeah people were pretty naive back in the day yeah so I could see that how that could happen with this movie because it is, it's really visceral. Um, it's very, it's one of those movies that was made just to be like intense and violent and um, unsettling is kind of the feel that you get from. It reminds me a lot of like Last House on the Left. Yeah, it's very it's similar. that feel is the original. Um, uh, she, she is supposed to be dead after they get done raping her. There's one guy in the gang who's not all not all there. He's kind of like the. He's, yeah, he's got some form of like autism or yeah, something. Yeah, and uh, they give him a knife to kill her, and he just takes some of her blood where they have raped her and beat her and puts it on the knife and kind of makes it out because he doesn't want to kill her. And So when she's getting her revenge, one of my favorite scenes is she she comes back, she seduces one of the guys and said how she liked being raped and all this stuff, gets him in the bathtub and cuts his dick off. Yeah, and uh, lets him bleed out in the tub. Pretty awesome scene. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, there there is the whole subgenre of rape, revenge, and horror, and um, it, that was a pretty common um, theme in a lot of the like '70s and '80s exploitation films. Mm-hmm. And this definitely feels like one of those. The original, um, it's very like the way it's shot is just really unsettling, and just how violently they abuse and rape this woman. And then yeah, the kills are really gory. Um, I found the remake. Um, I think they tried to step it up a little bit as far as how they do it. And like just some of the the how they like mentally torture her yeah. as far as and but also physically, um, I know watching the remake like I'm watching it there's some of the intense stuff and I'm like why am I watching this like yeah it yeah I was like I'm not enjoying this film like yeah. I didn't it's I like didn't, the Devil's Rejects there's that scene yeah in the, in the hotel it's, and it's all like, that same feeling it's I've come a little bit desensitized to it now but the first you know, five or six times I saw the movie, I was like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to watch this. I remember skipping over that scene a couple yeah. times. I, yeah. I could see that, like, in, um, like, with this movie, I Spit on Your Grave. Both the, the original and the remake are pretty visceral, pretty unnerving. Um, so I I guess I'm glad I watched them because they are kind of, or at least the original is kind of like one of those iconic horror films from yeah. that time. But it's not something, I'd, it's definitely not an own for me. Um, and having watched it once, I don't know that I'll watch it again. So, okay. um, yeah, if you don't, if you're not into the rape revenge films or really hardcore visceral movies, you're going to want to skip these films. You're going to have to be a really dedicated horror fan to watch these. So a movie that I, uh, I, I got to admit, I like this movie a lot. It's called Necromantic. It's from the 70s, late 70s, I believe. Um, it, the premise of this movie is this, uh, a cleanup crew for, for car accidents or when there's a body found, um, 
that they they go and clean up the scene. They take the bodies and and you know dispose of them. So this this guy who works on the crew, he he takes uh, he's been taking like parts of bodies home and little things uh, to his girl, and they're like into uh, necro necrophilia. Yeah, so they're you know they get off on dead bodies and stuff when they're having sex and whatnot. But so he finally gets up the courage to steal an entire body, and it's not. Uh, it's a body that he finds in a swamp that's pretty much in mid decay. It's pretty slimy and gross. Uh, it's like Tar Man. From yeah, it's similar to Tar Man. Yeah, it's pretty much skeletal and just gross. And uh, but you know, still got guts and slime all over it. So he takes it home. They have this huge, long, uncomfortable sex scene with this thing where they they actually saw a leg off of a table and put it in the crotch of the of the oh, corpse, no. and she has sex with it. And uh, she ends up leaving him. She leaves him a John Deere note on the John it? Doe. John Doe. Note. John Deere. Yeah. <laughs> she leaves him a tractor true. on the fridge, and uh, she leaves him a note that says that she's in love with the the corpse. That she doesn't need him anymore. So she leaves him. Uh, he kind of goes insane. There's all these weird scenes with him, like draining a cat's blood over a bathtub while he lays in it and stuff. And uh, yeah. Man, I've seen this movie a bunch, and it is just like uh, I Spit on Your Grave and Last House on the Left. you got to be pretty serious in the horror to to get much out of it. It's pretty intense. I would say watch it. I think we should do an episode where it's like the top ten like most unsettling horror films that Ooh, we've yeah. seen. Like stuff like that or Martyrs or, you know, Lovely Molly, things like that. Movies yeah. are like... You may not want to watch these. Like, Antichrist would be a good one. Morning. Yeah. All right, I've been saving the best for last. Have you seen Stranger Things? Yes. Oh, my god. If gosh. you have not seen Stranger Things, pause this and go watch it right now. All right, everything we've talked about until this point, don't worry about those movies. Until you've watched the eight episodes on Netflix, uh, Stranger Things... It is an amazing show. It's very nostalgic for anybody who grew up in the 80s. It is about a young boy named Will Byers who goes missing in the first episode. Um, you kind of get these little clues and hints about what the show's about in the first, but it kind of leaves you hanging. Um, but when he disappears, also in the same first episode, a little girl shows up. And uh, she doesn't talk much. Um, all the, the actors in this, you know, the kids, they're like... 10 or 12 year olds maybe what do you think yeah it centers around um three kids who yeah i think they're about 12 yeah i think they're freshmen in high school actually they're awesome so actors they must be about 14 they're yeah so those kids good. are so good um yeah they uh well you can tell the way the show is made that the um the creators of the show is that the duffy brothers the duffer brothers duffer brothers um loved 80s horror and 80s films because uh, there's you just pick up on so much style from 80s films that's in the in stranger yeah. things like from um the music yeah yeah it feels a lot like et or the goonies or, or poltergeist. poltergeist like it has that awesome like if you were an yeah. 80s kid like us like that awesome feel of horror that it's like exciting and um i know when i sat down to watch it i think i binged watched like three or four episodes yeah, me too and it I think I told Daniel this. It made me feel like I was a teenager again. Yeah. Like, it reminded me of, like, Friday nights, getting, you know, it's hanging out at home, like, eating Totino's pizza and watching, like, horror movies. Like, that 
feeling came back to me. It was so, so good. Like there's such a, a great um, feel of nostalgia in Stranger Things. Yeah, um, I definitely binge watched this. I watched it all in two days. It's only eight episodes. I think maybe all together it's like seven hours and something. Yeah, it's, I think it each episode's around like 50 minutes. I've watched this uh, entire season five times now. I let it play. I love introducing it to people while I'm tattooing them at work. Um, I ask them if they've seen it. They're like, everybody always says, I've heard great things about it. So I show it to them and they get instantly hooked. Um, man, it's, it is. It's definitely one of those shows that. I feel like Netflix didn't even hype it up that much. No. And then, like, the week before it came out, they put, like, trailers up for it. And it was, like, yeah, it's definitely one of those phenomenons that, like. Something magical just happened. Yeah, it's just so good. And, like, yeah. people are talking about it like crazy. Like, it's all over Facebook and Twitter. And, like, it's it's just so good. Like, it's it's almost hard to describe how good it is. So when we say it's very 80s, we're talking about 80s horror. We're talking about um, just the way it shot, the 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 feeling of being a child in the 80s, and yeah. you know, riding your bike. We're talking about like riding your bike and having like CBs and talking to your friends. Yeah, it's not like the cheesy, things like Dungeons like, and Dragons. Yeah, not like Cindy Lauper 80s. We're talking about 80s horror and like just 80s. Um, like, you know what what it's like to be a kid. Of, yeah, in the 80s. all of it. It's like the from like the cars and the clothing to the music in the yeah, show, the 80s. toys in the background. I mean, they don't even. Yeah, they did their research yeah, really well they, with the show. There's a, I see a Rubik's cube in the background, and like this. And it sounds like simple stuff, but man, it, they put it in there perfect. Um, there's a lot of horror movie references. There's a lot of horror movie posters in the background. Yeah. There's Evil Dead. There's The Thing. Um, there's a David Bowie poster on the wall. The music in this um, has the horror style music but it also has some awesome 80s songs uh by the clash mm -hmm. um a bunch of other awesome bands yeah and there's um if you have spotify uh netflix actually made a playlist from this show that you can listen to that has all the music from the show in it so anyway stranger things um yeah i had a little trouble understanding what the so the kid comes missing you understand that it's not like a normal you know abduction or whatever it is something uh paranormal some, some kind of creature has taken will byers and this little girl who shows up knows what's up she has some involvement um but she's innocent she's awesome uh her name is 11 the yeah. number um which i thought was awesome because we just named our our son's middle name is the number seven so that was like super cool to me that uh they put her name in there as 11 so Oh, yeah, the writing in the show is ridiculously good. Like, the way that they each, you know, kind of group of characters in the show have their own arcs and themes. And Winona Ryder is in it as Will Barnes' mom. Oh, she's so amazing in Yeah, this. and, man, her acting is so on point. This, to watch her descent um, as a mother losing your child and yeah. just how she's, like, losing it more and more each episode. And she, but and still she, trying to find her son. To the outside world, she looks like a super crazy person, like you would imagine – Somebody loses their child and yeah. they want to hold on to the the idea that they're still alive. So she's, you know, she's like talking to the lights. You know, she thinks the lights are telling her stuff and, and it does. It makes her look crazy. But then yeah. you realize she's not so crazy. Well, and then the show does a, a really good job of showing things from her perspective, but then also outside perspectives to where it's like, wait, is she really seeing and experiencing what she thinks yeah. she is? Or is she actually crazy? Like the, the show does such a good job of giving you just enough information and just enough like 
insight into the stories, but not giving you everything. And like, so you're just like, what's going to happen with this person? Is this person telling the truth? Like, is what you think happening actually happening? And like, man, it's just such good writing. It just keeps you locked into the show. And I feel like that's why it's like, at the end of every episode, you're just like, I gotta know, I gotta watch the yeah. next episode. Like, I don't, I've, I've seen all over Facebook people who are like, yeah, I've been watch, binge watch this in a day or two days. Like, it, it hooks you in so yeah. good. There's and, so much mystery. To and even if you're if you're not an '80s kid, you're gonna love it. It's, it's yeah, awesome. absolutely. The the kids I mentioned earlier, they're awesome actors. You know, it is a very serious show, but it has children in it, and they're they're pretty funny in some points. Yeah, they're pretty one, awesome. One actors. of my favorite characters, his name is Dustin on the show. His name in real life is never mind because Denzel Washington. It's Denzel Washington. He actually is re- such a good actor that he can play a, a young white boy. Uh, no, but his name's Dustin on the show, and he uh, he in real life he has uh, some kind of. Uh, what is it when your teeth don't come in? So he's missing. His oh yeah, they they reference it in the show what it's called. Yeah, but yeah it's like when your adult uh, teeth don't come in until much later in life. Yeah, so he's got no teeth on the top of his mouth uh, on on the front. So he's got a little weird lisp, and but he's like super cute. He's kind of like Chunk from the Goonies. Yeah, he's kind of like the. Uh, it's kind of a Goonies type show. Yeah, and I've seen where there's um, I think that was intentional, like that they try yeah. to reference characters from eighties films, like um. Oh, what's her name? Uh, in the show, it, Nancy's friend with the glasses. Yeah, Barb. Uh, Barb, yeah. Um, Barb is pretty much, I think, designed to be the same girl from the Goonies, who's like... Um, oh, the one the, who lost her glasses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- like, her haircut's the same, her glasses are the same. So it's nice how they do that. Like, they'll sneak in these 80s characters into the show that are, like, nods to other awesome 80s movies. Yeah. We need to make a, another horror movie, bud, and, and we need to do that uh, That same. We need to steal that idea. I want to steal um, Data from the Goonies. Yeah. He's always been one of my favorite Short 80s round. characters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's funny. It keeps you on your toes. It is uh, pretty it, – it's it's fun because the, the episodes are so different from each other. It's not just like a repeating thing. Um, it's the hunt for Will Byers through the whole thing, but you realize that he's not – uh, things aren't what you think. Things they are. aren't what they think you are. I thought it was about aliens for a while. I got to be honest. Yeah, it does that. It makes it's like, is this? It feels at times like a ghost movie. It feels and I'm at times not, like an alien movie. And I'm not saying it's not about aliens. Yeah, yeah. And it does a good job of not answering all your yeah, questions. It, uh, but it definitely takes you farther than you think it's going to go. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I got to admit, I'm a softy man. I cried at the end. I cry yeah. every time I watch the ending, and it's not. Uh, it's just they throw something at you at the last minute that you kind of they hint on a couple times. It has nothing to, really to do with much. It's just this one character. Uh, they show a little bit of his past. They keep having a flashback, and man, it rips my heart out. Every yeah, time. it's it, it's one of those scenes that you don't really see it coming, but then when it does show up, and the way that it was directed and edited, like. Yeah. It just pulls at your heartstrings so hard, and they 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 throw it at you at the most climactic point yeah. of the show it was that they could have they could have just had the show, you know, it's like right at the end they could have, I don't want to ruin it, but they could have just you know 
boom, this is what happened. Yay, everything's good. But they throw in this little thing that you don't see coming, and man, wow. Yeah, the, the show's really good at taking you to places emotionally that you kind of don't expect them to. Like, in, as far as, like, like even the, the way they do some of the scenes where there's the bullies that yeah. the kids deal with or just the way some of the places that Winona Ryder goes as a mother, like oh, yeah. um, dealing with the loss of her son and falling apart and trying to hold things together, like – yeah, the emotional arcs in this show are ridiculous. Like, like, and I think that's one of those things. Like Daniel saying, if you're not a horror fan, you'll still really enjoy this because um, it's such good. Just, it's just quality television. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Winona Ryder's son, Will Byers, her other son—I can't remember his name right off the top of my head—but he looks like a young Norman Reedus. I thought he looked like um, Bill Hader. Really? Yeah, I kept thinking it was like a young Bill Hader. Or he was a young Bill Hader. I can kind of see that. Yeah. Love Bill Hader. Bill Hader with long hair. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stranger Things, stop what you're doing. Start watching it. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you want to check us out, we are on Facebook as well as Instagram um, at Scared Christian Pod. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Scared Christian. And uh, we also have a website you can check us out and uh, also get in contact with us on there. And that's scaredchristian.com. Um, if you would go to iTunes, subscribe so you can get all of our new podcasts when they come out. And it'd really help us out if you'd give us an awesome rating so more people will find out about us. So thanks again for listening to the Scared Christian Podcast. This is Justin. Stay scared.